Welcome to the Other Side of Grace podcast. My name is Cody. We have David, Cole, and Josiah. And today we're going to be talking about the Darkened Council, a meditation on Job chapter 38 too. Well, David, shall we kick it off? We shall. We shall. So guys, um, this council really doesn't have any particular backstory. I was just reading through Job and uh, it just kind of popped out at me. Um, the Job 38.2 says, who is this who darkens uh, my words without knowledge? And um, I love how really um, God just jumps in there with, with this phrase. Um, it's he just throws everything job has has set out and um just says who has darkened this council who has given you this bad advice um so with that let's jump into this question um this is an open question for us all when have we ever received bad advice in our life followed through with it and what has been the result of that and go <laughs> Sounds like a Cole question. <laughs> I think it sounds like a Cody question. Oh, Cody has lived more lives, oh. more life. You said more likes, like people like, like, oh, like oh, lives, as in like years. Oh, hmm. he does. He is the Although, oldest and wisest of us all. I agree, and he has a good looking. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> Look at those shoulders. <laughs> the weak shoulder here. Um. <laughs> Um, no, that's a, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I have, I repeat the question one more time, just so I have it. Okay. When have we received bad advice in our life, followed through with it? And what has been the outcome of that? Um, well, uh, that's, I don't want to call anyone out, but (laughs) here's the tea, uh, (laughs) actually coffee, but, um, um, you know, I, I don't know if there's necessarily, I don't know. The first thought that comes to mind for me is, um, some par- parental advice that I received. I mean, you know, our parents, um, are, they obviously love us and want the best for us. Um, but I, I can, you know, as I was reading this blog this morning, I thought back to a certain situation where, and this was 10 or 12 years ago. So I think, you know, at this point, my, this individual, this parent, I won't name which it, which of it was, who it was, because they may be listening to this. <laughs> but um, one of my parental units had uh, given me advice to go back to this school that I had um, basically had been, I think it was academically, academically uh, suspended from. And like, he was just, he, there it is, he, I just said it there, my father, <laughs> my father was the one who had said I should go back and you know, my mother had said opposite and, you know, this was the, the, instead of basically seeking out, I think the point is instead of seeking out God's counseling in this as an, as an adult at this point, I took my father's advice and went, and, um, I kind of regretted that decision in all honesty. And it wasn't so much because of what he, because of necessarily his advice as much as it wasn't, I think the lesson was that I wasn't listening to God. Right. Um, so there was suffering to be had there. <laughs> So I don't know if any of you all had situations like that or. I I think kind of um, along those lines, it's often not so much that the council itself is is with bad intentions. Like uh, Cody was saying, his father loved him. It's not like he was trying to send him into a situation that was bad. It's just that often we take a source uh, if you pick a source that you trust or, or a source that's in some sort of position like a father figure to you, uh, that sometimes we stop at one piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we take it and say, okay, this person is wise, therefore this counsel must be wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the scripture is pretty clear on many counselors and, and, and going to multiple sources and um, making sure that that counsel, in some cases, 
council is not going to either line up or, or disagree with the word specifically, but sometimes it does. Mm-hmm. And making sure that it's in agreement with what the word says um, is hugely, hugely important. Uh, I have, I, I remember uh, in college actually, uh, <laughs> getting advice uh, about a class not to take. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't take this class, don't do it. And kind of my own pride got in the way. Mm. And I took the class anyways. Um, mm. It's the only class in college that I have ever dropped out of day <laughs> one. Uh, and I had gone into it thinking that the advice I had been given was that it was a class that was not going to be something that I was going to be able to follow. And I've always thought of myself as a fairly intelligent guy. And I thought, you don't know me right i can follow this class right. and day one he said if you're not comfortable with upper level trigonometry you shouldn't be in here mm-hmm. and it was on the tax code and i thought i know what trigonometry is and i have no idea how that could possibly match with the tax code i'm out and i still haven't walked out of the class uh in retrospect i think it may have been able to just something he said to weed out the weak leads but it worked um but and then I ended up having to take a class on race, class, gender, and sexuality studies because it was the only thing that matched my major that was still available at that time. Um, so, you know, sometimes we, in that case, I think the bad counsel that I took was my own. Um, it didn't come from somebody else. I think good counsel actually came from other people. And I trusted in my own strength, in my own knowledge, in my own counsel. Mm-hmm rather than seeking out other people. Um, and it it backfired. Um, no. God was able to use it, and the class that I ended up getting into, uh, which was a class that I would never have signed up for on my own, turned out to be a huge blessing, and I was able to share the gospel with people. It was great, but that was God using a bad situation, not me listening to good advice. Um, right. Yeah, I think it's funny because in the story of Job, we see Job um, not only listening to his own bad counsel, but he's listening to his wife's bad counsel. His wife says, well, why don't you just curse God and die? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's not a good idea. And then he listens to his friend's bad counsel. And finally, he's like, why do you keep reproaching me like this? Like, right. I've done something wrong. And of course, you know, he... Job does, you know, he is questioning God in this situation of what's, what the heck is going on here. Um, but it kind of listening to y'all stories of, of your dad giving you bad advice and uh, going to school and taking a class that just didn't match. It, re- it reminded me of a, a time when my dad, who was a um, Methodist minister, so I was born and raised a PK in the Methodist church. And uh, I, when I was a teenager, I felt a very strong calling to go into ministry. And mm. So I went to John Wesley College to get a little Bible degree. And my, I remember I was on a trip with my dad and we were driving back from Charlotte. And he starts talking to me about how he thinks I should become a nurse because nurses make a lot of money. <laughs> and I'm like, Where's this coming from, Dad? Because you know I would hate being a nurse. Like, I love people, love helping them, but, like, the things nurses have to do with needles and changing bedpans and things like that, I I would not do well with. <laughs> um, and he finally kind of confessed that with his own experience as a minister, all the drama and the politics that goes into church ministry behind the scenes that – most of the congregation is just totally oblivious to mm. it just wears at you and burns you out so quickly. And he did not want that for me. So he was trying with everything he had in him to just get me away from the ministry because he didn't want me to have that same experience mm. that he did. And I was like, no, this is a calling dad. This is what I am called to do. I'm called to be uh, go into ministry and you know you can't argue with something you feel called to but he right. he did try and advise me to go away looking back i don't regret my decision to stick the course and be a minister um but everything my dad was worried about happened mm. all the politics all the drama all the you know having to leave churches because of this or that and mm-hmm. you know and it, it was burnout and heartbreak many times and so you know, it's it's kind of like what you were saying, Josiah, like 
it's not that it's bad. It's not that the person who's giving you is wanting to give you bad advice or that the advice is bad itself. It's just, it might not be for you. Um, and so like, I take that kind of like, I heard my dad's heart mm. and I heard where he was coming from, but I also knew what God was calling me to do. And so it's, it's kind of being able to discern, um, advice, you know, from different people. Um, what is God actually saying versus what the world is trying to, to speak to us to, uh, to do, uh, Cole, did you have a, anything you want to share with that? Uh, the one bad advice I can really think of that I've been kind of uh, thinking on over inside my little corner, uh, dealing with anxiety, like a very bad, severe anxiety growing up. The number one advice everyone always gave me was stop fearing, <laughs> which like it sounds innocent enough, and it's actually a very biblical thing. It is, in fact, it's what Jesus said that you shouldn't fear anything because uh, I'm with you. And uh, I, it wasn't until much later I really figured out what people were saying because uh, at the time I'm like, stop! How do I stop fearing? I have this uncontrollable fear of literally everything. It, I don't even know where it's coming from. So it was getting wrapped inside of my own counsel of I can't get help and getting wrapped inside the world's counsel of everyone needs to sympathize with your illness pretty much. And it wasn't until I completely surrendered my life to God, I was able to be free of anxiety. Hmm. It wasn't until I did what their uh, counsel was, it was a, Stop fearing. Because mm. at the time, it, I thought that was very dark counsel. I thought it was very bad for someone uh, to just say, well, stop doing what you're doing completely. I'm like, you, you can't relate to me. You don't understand what I'm going through. But, right. So hmm. I don't guess that's necessarily dark counsel. I'm pretty sure it's pretty good counsel. <laughs> but at the same time, it's it's hard to distinguish good counsel from dark counsel if you're in a dark spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, well, I think just from what you're saying is um, there's a, there's, it's, it's about, it's, a, it's kind of when you receive it sometimes too, yeah. the, the counsel you get, right? Um, you might have received that differently in a different time frame or, you know, in a different mindset, like you said. So, well, it kind of reminds me too, Cole, of uh, the whole mentality behind Celebrate Recovery. And the 12 steps in general, the, the idea of when, when we're in a place, uh, whether it's addiction or just hurt or pain, something that we just can't get over, um, we're not open to really receive um, that, that self-criticism or, or uh, says, you know, because we're still in this place of denial about what's going on with us. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're kind of thinking to ourselves, we, we got this, we know what we need to do for ourselves. And we're listening to our own bad counsel, which is keeping us stuck at that point. Whereas uh, recovery says, no, you're in denial. Let's walk you through that and yeah. get you the actual healing you need from mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. um, That's good. And so I know when I started my process of recovery, I was not in a place where I was fully, really ready to surrender right. and say, yeah, uh, it's my fault that I'm doing this. <laughs> and, right. um, you know, I need to stop denying that I have a, tr a problem with this, you know? Um, so I think that it's, it is a lot about the place we're in when we receive counsel mm -hmm. and not necessarily always that it's bad counsel. It's more of how we receive that counsel at that time. Yeah. yeah. I kind of want to go back to Josiah, what he was saying early on with, um, you know, seeking out counsel from many, right? Um, I guess I would pose the question, you know, who do we seek out counsel from then? I, I think uh, it's kind of, I was actually wanting to bring that up because yeah. it's weird to talk about counsel in a biblical uh, perspective and then not bring up Rehoboam um, in the Old Testament. Rehoboam is Solomon's son and after the death of Solomon, who, wise as he may have been, had some issues as a leader. Uh, he had not been a particularly good leader to most of his people. And when Rehoboam takes over, there's two groups of counselors that come to him talking about what should be his 
method as how it goes. And one group is a group of godly counselors. It's a group of men that come to him and say, hey, your father was abusive to his people. You need to cut back on these abuses. You need to uh, show kindness. You need to show mercy, benevolence, all this other stuff. And the other group is a group of ungodly counselors who advise him to be harsher. You know, your father beat them with whips. You shall beat them with scorpion tails, which is just brutal. Uh, that assuming, was, assuming these scorpion tails have venom in them still, yeah, potentially. I, I would think so. Yeah. Uh, and Rehoboam, of course, takes the wrong counsel. He takes the counsel of the young guys who were his friends and all this other stuff. And I feel like there is there is a temptation to go to the people that are going to say the things you want to hear mm. as opposed to the people that are going to say the things you need to hear. Mm. And there needs to be a group of people that you know that you can trust. Mm. A group of people that are willing to stab you in the front mm-hmm. rather than smile to your face and let you get stabbed in the back. Right. Um, people that will tell you the things that hurt because they love you, because mm-hmm. they care about you. Uh, and multiple of them, because even people that do care about you like that, uh, take, for example, my Uncle Danny is one of those people that I trust in that sort of a counsel role. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he's the only person I would ever go to for counsel, or even that if I went to him, I wouldn't then go to somebody else that I also trusted in that position of godly counsel, because as godly of a man as he is, and as much as he's into the word he's still a man Mm -hmm. and capable of following all this other stuff. So I think having a group of people that are kind of your core godly counsel when making big decisions, a group of people that you go to and say, this is what I'm going through. What's your counsel? What's your advice on this? Listening to them, praying about it, all that other stuff, but having people set in mind that, Hey, I know this person will tell me the hard truth. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a friend in high school that we used to do, Uh, devotions together. We used to pray together. Uh, We'd get together every Saturday and we'd run. And then afterwards we'd pray for each other. And we were kind of accountability partners. And he just fell off the face of the earth Mm. for months. And when I finally saw him, I said, are you avoiding me? And he said, yes. Mm. I said, why? He goes, because I know that what I'm doing, you will correct me. And then I don't want to be corrected right now. (laughs) Wow. And it, kind of took me aback. Yeah. But you need to have people that you know when you're doing something that right. you need correction, you need to be able to go to them. And in the case of that friend, he basically determined, I don't want to hear the counsel that Josiah would have, not because I think it's bad, just the exact opposite. I just don't think it's what I want to do. Um, and so knowing who those people are and having the humility and honestly the courage to go before those people and tell them the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes we struggle with stuff, but making sure that we can approach those people, people that are going to love us even when we fall, mm-hmm. um, and people that love us enough to tell us that we're wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a hard group to find sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you find them, you'll cling to them. Yeah, it's interesting because I think that is a hard group to find because even Job thought he had that group with the three friends that came. Mm. Um, And if you sit there and read through the chapters and chapters that that Job's friends give him all this advice, it's not that what they're they're saying is necessarily bad. Like the things they're saying is actually very scriptural, correct, you know? And, but the thing is Job's friends were stuck on this idea that Job must have sinned. And that is why all this calamity has come to him. Um, and they were unable to get past that point to say, okay, well, God is bigger than any of us. We don't know why he's doing this, but he's still faithful to you. That's what they really needed to be saying is Mm. God is still faithful to you in the midst of this. Are you going to be faithful to him? Um, Mm. And that would have, I think, would have been really godly counsel yeah. to give Job. Yeah. Um, rather, they're like, well, you sinned, so, you know, you have to repent from this. I didn't sin this way. Well, then you must have sinned this way, you know. And it was it was just this stuck seesaw that they were in. Um, and so I think finding, uh, like what you said, Josiah, finding that group of people who can be upfront and brutal uh, brutally honest with you, but also actually come with true godly counsel yeah. 
yeah. uh, reminding us of God's character um, and not necessarily uh, condemning us for a supposed sin is, uh, I think, very important. And it's hard to find, but if we yeah. can, if we can really find that, and sometimes it's just, it's just a, to- a matter of, of of taking the time to get to know people, yeah. kind of hearing their advice and, and juxtaposing it against the word of God for ourselves. Um, so with that, I think it's time for one of our mandatory uh, sponsor breaks. Yeah. Okay. Um, when we get back, I'd like to follow up on that. I got a couple of thoughts regarding. Awesome. Sounds great. Yeah. We'll see you in a minute. Welcome back to our podcast, and um, I hope you will sign up for whatever your sponsors, our sponsors, told you to sign up for. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you, sponsors. Thank you, sponsors. Yeah, you're all right, sponsors. <laughs> this is the last time Josiah will, will be on this podcast. <laughs> oh, my sponsors. <laughs> Dang. Dang. So, um, wow, shots fired. I okay. guess, yeah, I guess I'll follow up. Um, where we left off. Um, yeah, you had some questions. Yeah, well, just questions, comments, I guess. You know, I, I just I love this topic, and I just want to dive in a little deeper. Some some of the thoughts, you know, I thought about while Josiah was talking again was, you know, when I'm seeking counsel, there's there's criteria to be had, right? Yeah. I think this, just like you're interviewing for a job, like there's got to be criteria. So one of the things, obviously, you know, that they're walking – with Christ, you know, as, as much as that, as that, how, as that's depicted in the Bible or is asked to be depicted, um, you know, and then I guess the other thing I look for, just depending on who and where I'm seeking a counsel from, I will look to get answers from people who maybe have an expertise in a certain area. So, um, when it comes to job situations, I often will refer to my Christian brothers who work in the business world, who have experience in that realm, you know, when it comes to certain relational things, I go and talk to David. Sometimes David's been married. David has <laughs> lives with family and understands the family dynamics and, and the strength in that and also the weaknesses of that. No, I was your love guru. <laughs> well, you know, no. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's why you're failing at relationships <laughs> now you tell me i want my money back <laughs> what? <laughs> i'm sorry i spent it on this podcast um thanks sponsor <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there's that um and then uh, the other thought was um It'll come back to me. But if y'all had any comments about that. I think the criteria is very important. And there's obviously, depending on the type of advice you're going for, different people that you ought to be listening to um, about that advice. That if you've got a good godly counsel in the field, like if you're trying to do a job change, if you've got good godly counsel in that field, uh, hugely important to go to them. When I was in high school and even starting into college, what I wanted to be was a lawyer. Uh, and like right at the end of high school and early parts of college, I had the opportunity to be introduced to several different lawyers. Some of them fantastic men, just amazing guys to be around. They all had one thing in common, though. They hated their job. <laughs> and it was like... The, the, the type of godly counsel that I got from those men, some of them were really godly men, some of them were not. But some of them were really godly men that sat you down and talked with you about it and said, I mean, there's all sorts of pros to this job. Yeah. But here's some of the cons, and I don't think it would really match you very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, it was having people in that field was hugely beneficial for me to be like, okay maybe not going to be a lawyer. Uh, So I do think that it is important to have some sort of criteria of who you're going to for counsel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think top on the list of that criteria, like you said, is somebody that's walking with Christ. Mm -hmm. Because if they're not walking with Christ, and of course we're humans, so 
Mm. Even the best Christian you know is stumbling somewhere. That brings up my um, my other thought. Continue on. Uh, they're stumbling somewhere, but yeah. you can tell pretty well if somebody is walking with the Lord. Um, and if they're not walking with the Lord, why would you go to them for counsel about how you should walk with right. the Lord? Right, um, right. You know, if, if their path is leading them straight off a cliff, don't follow. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So that, I think it is... <clears throat> Uh, yeah, one hundred percent of the criteria. So we we joked a second ago about you, me paying you for your counsel and stuff. Like the beauty, the beauty, <laughs> the beauty in that in the counsel that we are seeking in a Christ-driven relationship. There, there it is. I just said it right there. Relationship, right? It's not just us going yeah. and seeking. Them. You know, and and I'm actually looking at I see your question over here, and I think that kind of goes. No, 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 I didn't even intentionally do that. But I, I see. I, so I, I want Cole to piggyback off of that. But um, but yeah, I think it's important that we realize it's it's yeah. it's important to have the relationship aspect also in that counsel seeking. Yeah, I would agree. With real you. real quick, you know. So um, when I was looking for a lawyer to handle my um, my, my child care, custody, all that, divorce, um, you know, I, I wanted someone obviously with a lot of experience in that field. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's kind of funny though, because God led me to this guy uh, who became my lawyer quite by accident. He wasn't one I was even looking at, um, just a little independent lawyer, self, self-employed, you know, uh, he's good godly christian guy and one thing i've really enjoyed about having him as my lawyer through the, this whole thing is he actually cares about me like mm. he takes the time to like sit down and talk with me and like what's going on how's life let's get some coffee um mm -hmm. and it's not always just lawyer stuff and i think that's kind of what, what we're saying here it's 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 Godly counsel is built with relationship yes, and exactly. not just with, okay, you're a smart man in your field. So let me just take down everything you have to say, right. because honestly, that person may be smart and may be the best in their field, but they don't know you. They don't have a voice in your life to really speak into your circumstances. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just, I really kind of, I like that analogy of, the difference between just someone who's smart versus someone who actually has a relationship with you that can speak into yeah. your life situation. Yeah. And that brings up a pretty <clears throat> good point too. Uh, going to whoever we uh, go to for counsel, are we trying to seek counsel to help validate us, to help give us the things that we want or to correct us or guide us? Because I think oftentimes we want that validation of, here's what I think God wants me to do. So let me find someone who will agree with me. So I know this is what he wants mm -hmm. or yeah, it's a fine line between wanting what's best for us and wanting what's best for us from God. It's there's at, at the end of the day, you're the only one who really knows what God wants from you, but trying to go out and find the answer can oftentimes lead to bad things, lead to places or situations you don't need to be in. Yeah, I agree. I think another thing I want to just go back on about the relationship thing is the reason why I bring that up too is because, um, Josiah, I think you were talking about going back to like seeking somebody who's walking with Christ. You know, you talked about your Uncle Danny, you go to your Uncle Danny, but you know he's just a man too and he's susceptible to falling. I think the relationship piece is important because we are able to then monitor that person and where they're at in their walk. Right. Cause it's the Christian faith is ebb and flow, ebb and flow yeah. all the time. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I think about my own walk over the last uh, three years, especially and the fact that, um, you know, kind of thinking back before, the last three years, I didn't really feel like I had a lot of good godly counsel. Like I had my pastor. Um, but other than that, like I kind of felt like it was me trying to listen to God and discern God's voice on my own. Whereas now I have a group of friends that anytime something happens, I can go and just be like, Hey, this is what's happening. Like 
not necessarily even asking for advice. Just I'm just sharing what's happening in my life. And they can speak into me. Um, sometimes they're just there to listen. Sometimes they give support. Sometimes they give me some harsh words that I don't really want to hear. Um, and it's important to have those relationships in your life that can can do that. Um, and where I was going with this just jumps completely so far out of my head <laughs> that um, where was I going with this? What did you say right before? Um, just the relationship aspect oh, yeah. and just yeah. the importance of it. So I, I guess maybe that's where I was going. I kind of yeah. said, it, you know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 yeah. Some, you know, and another, I, I just I love the criteria thing. No, I mean, it's crazy. Even at 32 years old, like this is, this is why I love this podcast stuff. So I think I said this is not the last two podcasts. I said, I love it. I love it. I do. I, Cause I keep learning myself through it. And I'm like, and I'm like, man, it's so important to focus on who we actually are welcoming into our lives. You know, like mm-hmm. it occurred to me today that I've become a little bit more private of an individual. And when I was a lot younger, I thought to myself, you know, it's um, I need people to know me. I need people to know me. And now the Lord has been speaking to me. He's like, it's OK to be private because you're guarding your heart. Right. Because yeah. from that heart flows all things, you know, <laughs> and um, excuse me. And so. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but that was just kind of a tangent. But oh, I know what I was gonna say. So, so just like you, just I actually rem- knuckleheads you going on tangents. You helped me remember where I was gonna go okay, with mine, okay. so I can finish yeah. mine. But yeah. uh, are you done? Yeah, I mean, I, I basically just wanted to say. <laughs> I want to share my thought. Please put yourself. <laughs> yes, that's how we roll here. Thank yeah. you for joining. No, I just. You know, the only other criteria that I would honestly for our listeners and viewers is to uh, Galatians where it talks about the fruits. You know, is this person prospering? Are they showing these? Can you see their fruits? You know, because in order for us to provide that fruit, they have to be also. So anyway. So when um, uh, talking about relationships, uh, I when I first moved back here to High Point area, I became very close friends with this man named uh, Pierce goes to our church. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to totally name drop him in this. I don't think he'll mind. Um, <clears throat> so Pierce prayed with me throughout a really tough situation in my divorce and um, just that whole situation. Mm-hmm. And um, he um, gave me some really godly counsel. I didn't really want to hear that godly counsel, but he gave it to me anyways. And mm-hmm. I prayed about it and I knew, knew what he was saying was, was right. And, uh, I just, the spirit gave me a big piece about it. And so I went to court to do some proceedings. Um, and I followed through with, with what I felt the Holy spirit was telling me. And then the next day, uh, the de- devil just jumped on my back all day at work. I'm just like, angry like why did i do this why did i do this i shouldn't have done this i just gave up my rights to do this and this and this and um pierce at the end of the day sent me a text message that said stop doubting oh you know he said the holy spirit told me to tell you stop doubting your decision Mm. he didn't know i didn't tell him that all day long i was struggling with that decision Mm. And it, it kind of goes to show you that when you let friends into your life situation mm-hmm. and you you have affirmed with the Holy Spirit that their counsel is also in alignment with his counsel, mm. that the Holy Spirit can also speak through them even after the situation to continue to confirm and affirm. Mm. Um, and so I don't know if I ever told Pierce how much that meant to me. But I think I broke down in tears after he sent that text message because that whole day was like just a huge struggle for me. And that one little text message was such an incredible affirmation. Like, okay, God, I hear you. This was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know? So it is important to let friends into your situation, but to also know, you know, kind of test them, know that this is in alignment with God. Yeah. Kind of going off the question that Cole posed earlier about what we seek counsel for. Uh, oftentimes, when it comes to counsel to correct us, 
we don't seek it out at all when it comes to us. <laughs> um, That's true. And, and very painfully. I remember when I was in North Dakota, I had a friend up there, Abraham, who I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I doubt Abraham's watching, but if he is, it's the weirdest place to get counsel from, let me tell you. This is not where you'd expect good God the counsel to come from. But while I was up there uh, in North Dakota, there's not a lot to do. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. There's basically nothing to do. It's the desert of the north. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> I, shall, I know this. Everybody's got money, and it's the only the thing to do with that money is drink, and I don't drink. Mm. Uh, but I was constantly going to these places where things were getting slightly out of hand. Mm. I was not involved in those things, but they were getting out of hand. And I was going there because those were the only people I knew. Mm. And Abraham came to me one day, and he said, Josiah, you're being stupid. I don't like being called stupid. Um, <laughs> he said, you're being an idiot. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you should not be hanging out with the crowds you're hanging out with. Mm. You will fall into that. Mm. You need to find yourself a group of godly people that will encourage you. Right. And I was so angry mm. at Abraham for days. I didn't talk to him. I phrased it a lot nicer in my synopsis of how he said it. He was very harsh. Yeah. Incredibly harsh. And it really upset me. Yeah. I'm like, the lack of trust that you have in me, mm. this whole I'm better than you thing. Mm. And, and constantly I'm making excuses for, you know, Abraham's doing this, this, and this. He didn't have right. any right to talk to me. <clears throat> it was like the Lord worked on my heart for three days to listen to that advice mm. and to break it down. Until eventually I went to Abraham and apologized to him for the fact that I had been kind of a knucklehead. Uh, and the next day uh, I went to my job at Jimmy John's and there was this new guy, Eric. And he comes up and he introduces himself to me. And I said, I'm Josiah. I said, man, I was just reading about you this morning. And he starts going through the story of Josiah. And Eric is a brand new Christian saved earlier that week. Wow. On fire for God. He's like, you ought to come to my Bible study. And it was way early in the morning. And <laughs> I didn't have a vehicle and it was three miles from where I lived. But I got a group of guys and we jogged to this Bible study three miles away to be there at six o'clock in the morning every um, every weekday. It was, and it was fantastic. But the Lord used this unlikely source. And not only that, sometimes those things like with, uh, what Piers had said, those things are not often well-received at first. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like sometimes um, if you hear something and it gets under your skin, mm. usually that's because there's truth in it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. That if somebody just throws something out there that's not true, we mostly don't let that affect us. Mm. Um, if somebody said you're being stupid and you're not being stupid, it's like, okay. Yeah. Think what you want to. But when you are, it gets under your skin. And I think sometimes that discomfort God uses to, to bring you back mm -hmm. to where he wants you to be. Uh, discomfort the Lord uses to reveal that he's been in control the whole time, that he's been watching out for you the whole time. Had David not been having that whole discomfort about his decision, you wouldn't have had that reassurance that the Holy Spirit was looking out for you the whole time saying, hey, mm -hmm. Holy Spirit told me to tell you to stop doubting your decision. Yeah, mm -hmm. He's got you. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's kind of cool uh, that sometimes we don't have to go out and seek the correction counsel <laughs> that the Lord, he chastens the children whom he loves. And uh, mm -hmm. he loves right. us. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes he'll send you an Abraham who's not pleasant, but it's still God using somebody in your life. To correct you and bring you back to him. Yeah. So it sounds like you were obedient, though, wouldn't you say, too? Uh, yes. So, um, yes. And Not reason, immediately. <laughs> and the reason why I say that, though, is because you talk about what I, at least I see as a blessing, a gift, yeah. right? And you would have probably missed that had you continually gone oh, yeah. down this path, right? Yeah. Um, and it, it took a rude awakening. And honestly... When I say I was offended, again, I am downplaying just the level of offense that I had towards Abraham. It was 
it was quite offensive to me at the time. <laughs> uh, and the Lord really, really worked my heart. Yeah. Um, but that advice kind of came in a weird way from a weird source. Yeah. Mm. Um, but it was still God using people. And I think that's cool. Yeah. Can I say one more yeah. thing? I apologize. Yeah. I, I really want to share apologize. this for our viewers and listeners because my sister, Bree, who I was on the phone with earlier, she shared this one time with me and I thought it was so, I'm so awesome, man. Like she told me one time, she's like, I believe that our God loves to surprise us. Mm. Like, like a good father who's given his son or daughter a Christmas gift that he's excited to see them open that they waited for, you know, I want to believe that when I'm going through these struggles and I'm getting that counseling that I don't care to receive, but I receive much like yourself, Josiah, that, you know, what's waiting at the end is a, is a, is a surprise that just, you know, in fact, this week, David, I texted you something that was a bit impulsive of me. And I was just like, and I didn't know it right, right away, but I'm sure you did. You're like, this is impulsive, Cody. <laughs> and it's not waiting and it's not being patient. And like, but what I, but because of David and I's relationship, because of, you know, like you didn't even say anything. And I think I could hear your voice in my head. And I'm just, <laughs> I don't know how to take that. <laughs> <laughs> but I just knew that like what I got out of what I felt or felt the spirit say is you're going to miss, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it if you don't wait, if you don't be patient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I've had many moments in the last couple of weeks where my own counsel has said, you need to do this. You need to do this because if you don't, you're going to miss out on opportunity. And then I stop and I ask God and he says, if you do this, you're going to miss out on the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And it's the exact opposite of what my own flesh is telling me. <laughs> and that's flesh. because God knows Dude, something flesh. that I don't know. And because he knows that if I completely just let go, surrender my desires to his hands, not only am I going to receive something incredibly better than I can ever imagine, but he's going to get the glory from it. And if I try and do it myself, I will probably just really screw it up. 100%. So guys, we're going to take one more uh, short mandatory sponsor break from our sponsors. And um, when we get back, I want to talk a little bit more about how uh, our ignorance affects um, Darken Council. And I don't want to. How Cole's ignorance affects <laughs> our Darken Council. And then uh, also, you know, you mentioned one thing that I really liked, Cody, when you said, sound like Josiah was obedient. Let's talk about how obedience mm, plays right. into um, actually walking out good counsel. So we'll see you in a minute. Welcome back. We're so glad you're still with us. Uh, <laughs> so to open up this section by reading uh, just a little, um, a little bit from this devotional. It says, even with all the noise and distractions in the world, perhaps the most dangerous voice to listen to is our own misinformed counsel. We make decisions in ignorance. There are several reasons for our ignorance. One, we have only a limited view, our own. We do not know or see or experience what someone else has experienced. We are ignorant of everything that is not ourselves. Our own experience shapes our own beliefs and our own worldview. Two, we are being lied to constantly by the accuser, our great adversary, the devil, and by all the powers of hell. And three, we are not renewing our minds daily on the absolute unchangeable truth of God, which is found in the scriptures. If we are failing to pay um, to, uh, what? If we are failing to pray to any of these reasons, if you're failing to be falling, yes, I think it's so. Yeah, I think if so. We are falling pray yeah. to any of these. I can't read the end. So, anyways, if we are falling, pray. That's why it didn't make any sense. I like to add words to my own writings. Um, if we are falling pray to any of these reasons. We will no less stand in our own darkened council, and just as Job did, we will question God's actions meant uh, and meet with 
meet them with disapproval. So guys, um, we've all had seasons of ignorance in our own life where we have fallen into probably one of these three uh, categories uh, or all at once. Um, so, you know, we can only see things from our own point of view. Um, we're under spiritual attack from the enemy and we are not in a season where we're renewing our own minds. Um, how do you guys think ignorance causes us to miss the mystery or God's power working in our lives? I think a fantastic example of that is the death of Jesus because the, the uh, Pharisees and the Romans were all ignorant to the signs of everything else that happened for the past three years leading up to Jesus' death mm-hmm. and how uh, they knew the scriptures, they knew all of the prophecies, and they seen most of them be fulfilled at that time, but were still ignorant to the uh, what Jesus was doing. They didn't want to believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Mm-hmm. So I think in their ignorance, they missed so much. And we can do the exact same thing because we have seen the complete other side of that because we know Jesus died for our sins. We know he went to hell. We know he stole every key. We know three days later he rose again so that we could be with him. And for us to kind of hear what God, because we have the ability now to have an open counsel with God. We have an open communication with him. And for us being able to listen to what God says and still ignore or still choose to not do whatever he tells us is a big slap to God. It's uh, being ignorant of God's counsel, which is the holy counsel. It's the only counsel really that we should be setting a higher standard above all else. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you want to say something. Well, so a prime example um, in my own life, I went through about five years of spiritual counseling or therapy um, and went through another support group, much like CR. And this was from about age 25 to about 30, 31. And somewhere along that way, like I recovered, got healed, and then like the enemy did a really good job of making me believe and think that I had everything under control. And that's where ignorance really set in place. I mean, that was, that was the greatest deception I had ever experienced in my entire life. Like believing that I had had it under control now that I had gone through all of this. And I don't know. I just, yeah, I think that's something to be very weary of, of at, at any age. I mean, even still like now I'm like, I need to really guard myself and never, and I've talked about this in previous podcasts, to be humble, but not get the humility confused with, um, like, brokenness or just, you know, like, um, low self-esteem, you know. That's that's a tough line to toe. But <laughs> yeah. that have anything to do with what you were going to say? Well, I was going to follow up on <laughs> – um, yes, it does. But okay. I, I was I – was, going to follow up on the word obedience with that what, what i heard really cole saying was you know like when we hear the scripture saying something um but we don't do it that's that that's not just ignorance it's stupidity you know it's like it's it's a level beyond, yeah <laughs> it's it's a level beyond ignorance ignorance is not the knowing he's right? preaching to the choir um <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, love you, man. Love you. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so ignorance is us really just not understanding, whereas stupidity is hearing it but choosing not to do it. Yeah. Um, have any thoughts on that, Josiah? <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I think the ignorance thing sometimes is willful ignorance. <laughs> we uh, yeah, we don't want to hear. Yeah. We don't want to know. Uh, right, like your yeah. friend, right? He was just yeah. like, I, I stop hanging around you because I, I I don't want to hear it. Um, yeah. and I feel like when you get into the willful ignorance aspect of it, I, I don't think 
let me backtrack here a little bit and actually establish a grab line of what I'm saying here. I don't think God is particularly harsh on people that are actually ignorant. Um, that he wants to enlighten ignorance. Uh, you know, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me type thing? When yeah. you're ignorant, he shows you light. He shows you the truth. Right. Wilfred ignorance, kind of what David was saying, is back to a level of stupidity and disobedience. Yeah. That when you're willfully trying to not know the truths of God, mm-hmm. not know the right paths to take, that you are actively turning your back on God. Mm-hmm. Uh, as Cole said, kind of slapping him in the face. Mm-hmm. Um and those people he chastises pretty harshly. Uh, it's 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 different than the people that are actually walking in ignorance that he's trying to bring back. It's it's a at that stage you're a person who has rejected God, um, and that's painful. Mm-hmm. It's really painful. Um, yeah. I think um, the story that comes to mind for me is Saul. Like he was chosen initially, right, and then he just kept turning away like God was like here's a blessing here's a blessing and he's like no I'm gonna do it my way and you think about it his death was traumatic like he first saw his sons die his seed that was supposed to carry on his name right and everything that he worked for and he saw them die before him Mm -hmm. right and then he got so hopeless that he basically committed suicide and and didn't even die a quick death as the bible says like um so i mean yeah i think you're right i think the lord i think you're 100 right I'll, I'll just leave it at that i think he's a just and sovereign god yeah and yeah i think um you know our, our ignorance where where am i trying to go with this um so back to that question of you know how can we miss the power of god at work in our lives or, or the mystery of god um, our stupidity will 100% always cause us to miss that mystery because we have flat out said, I know better than God. I'm going to do what I'm, I want to do. When I was in my addiction, that's what I was saying to God. I knew what I was doing was wrong. There was no doubt in my mind that what I was doing was wrong, but I wanted to do it. Yeah. So um, I turned my back on God in that instance and I was missing out on the the blessings and the power that he wanted to give me to live, um, you know, both a righteous life, but also to to actually love my family the way I should have, to love the ministry he gave me the way I should have, to to um, to work in ways to to bless me. Instead, I was saying, I don't really care about how you want to bless me, God, because this feels good right now. Um, whereas in my ignorance, um, maybe when I was younger and into those same kinds of things, um, I didn't necessarily know they were so wrong because I didn't have the knowledge of scripture that I had when I was older. Um, and so I think what Josiah was saying is God is a whole lot more harsh on those people who are stupid versus those people who are just, they're blind. They just don't know any better. Um, you know, when it comes to us only understanding our point of view, we will always 100% be just ignorant on that because I have never walked a day in your shoes, Cole, or a day in yours. So I am completely ignorant of how it feels to be you and the, the emotions and the struggles and the temptations that you are facing. Now, I have some shared commonalities of just being a human being. Um, so I can give some sympathy and empathy to the situation. <laughs> uh, but, you know, when it comes to the spiritual attacks, the lies the devil gives us, well, I'm pretty sure he's giving us all the same lies, just packaged, maybe slightly different. But scripture different, though. lays them out so clearly. Like, if we really understand the scriptures, we know the devil has nothing new to throw at any one of us. He's just repackaging the same lies he threw at the Old Testament characters and and even Jesus himself. And um, and the same goes for renewing our minds. Like scripture says, meditate on my word daily Mm -hmm. and put it into practice. And 
we don't do that. I mean, there are days that I just don't do my daily devotions. And even if I do, that's not enough, really. Like 15 minutes with God and then I'm off to work and doing work stuff all day, you know, instead of actually bringing God with me to the workplace when I should be. Um, And so I think renewing our minds comes down to that that idea of also that daily obedience to just be living in God's word, living in his presence. Um, what are y'all's thoughts on, on that? I think it's funny that every episode we have done so far, it all comes down to the exact same roots. And that is pride. Mm. Pride that thinking that our counsel is better than God. Pride in thinking that uh, we are more powerful than God, pride of thinking that uh, we think our calling is uh, from God, whatever sometimes it's not. And then the very first episode, uh, pride of, I forgot the very first episode, but <laughs> repentance. Repentance, repentance, yes. yes. Repentance. Pride of, uh, of our sin, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's... Pride, I think, is the root of all sin, and that's why everything comes back to it. Pride of thinking we are better than God in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the great sin of of the devil, right? He wanted to be like God, so he rose up against God to become God. Um, It's also kind of the original sin. The original sin, yeah. Humanity is, it's a pride thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is because, you know, you look at the scriptures, you know, the Genesis story in particular, we're made in the image of God. And yet the devil came in and said, you're, you're not like God. Wait a minute. We're made in the image of God. We're, we are like God already. But the devil was deceiving them to believe they're not what they were. And then he got them to get so prideful that they said, we want this, even though they already had yeah. it. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, pride, I think C.S. Lewis, too, um, in his book, Mere Christianity, said pride was the, the big sin, the one that all other sins fall under. Um, <clears throat> it's been a while since I've read that. I might need to go back on my reading list. Um, I just want to shift gears here a little bit. Um, I was just thinking about something for certain viewers or listeners. I'm trying to put myself in other people's shoes as we were just talking about that. But, um, you know, there, there are certain people who don't trust, no matter how much counseling they get, they don't trust their own decision-making, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to kind of tie that into what Cole said earlier about how God is the great counselor, right? Um, I want to encourage our viewers, listeners that, you know, um, God is the great counselor. So if God does download something in us through the spirit, I think we need to trust that and, and believe that that comes from him and, and walk in faith, right, with that. Because, um, you know, sometimes we just don't have the counselor on us when we need it. You know, I've, I've run into that situation where, like, I'm like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? And it's often it'll be like a quick like I'm at work or something like it, like, you know, I'll have a customer who's like, Hey, I really want this price. And I'm like, and I, and I'm given a certain, like what we call book price. Right. And I'm like, I'm not supposed to go below this level. And then I have to make this moral decision. Well, do I go against what my managers would say? And, you know, and th- I mean, that's just very trivial compared to what I'm trying to get at here, but I'm just saying like, you know, sometimes, um, you know, I do pray and ask God. I'll be like, God, what do I do in this situation? Um, and he will often answer if I listen. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of the story of, of Gideon, too. You know, when Gideon received the message from the Lord to go attack. He's like, I don't know. I don't trust this. Mm-hmm. And he asked God for affirmation of that counsel like three different times. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the wool being wet one day in the dry ground and the, the mm-hmm. ground being wet and the wool being dry and um and finally when when god did everything like he asked he's like okay god i know this from you you know um i don't know that i've asked god to test like test him that way like okay god if if this is if what i'm what i'm think i'm hearing is actually from you will you do this and this and then of course i look for that to happen and it doesn't so then i'm like either god's not listening or he's just like no 
this is not for me yeah. at all. <laughs> I'm not even bothering. <laughs> or it's the waiting game. Or it's the waiting game. Mm. But I, but I, but a part of the reason I thought about that situation too is because of what you put in your uh, blog about the, the verse James one five. If any of you, if any of you is lacking wisdom. Ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to you. Um, you know, I think that's something to note, too, is he gives it generously. You know, we talked about how God is very quick to um, keep us in line, right? But he's just as quick to give generously yeah. and, and ungrudgingly, mm-hmm. right? So, I don't know. Yeah, it, um, it reminds me of this, this passage from Ephesians. Um, let's see. Ephesians says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you spiritual wisdom and revelation as you come to know Him. Um, here again, you know, as you come to know Him, it's this relationship, right? We're, we were talking earlier about the importance of relationships with uh, fellow believers, and getting their their counsel, uh, even their strict criticism sometimes. But I think the most important relationship we will ever have is that with Christ. And the more we know Jesus, the more we can recognize his voice when he speaks mm. to us, the more that we can, can come to really know and trust the words of scripture as we, we read over them. Um, I like that. I like that a lot. It made me think of Josiah's experience, like how, and just for me too, like if, you know, if we go, if we start hanging around the wrong people, we are less likely to hear or understand that voice when he actually is speaking to us. But praise the Lord, Josiah chose otherwise. (laughs) And praise the Lord that I've since walked away from those types of uh, walks of life, you know? Yeah. Yeah, learning to recognize the Lord's voice is, can be challenging. And I used to play this game with my teenagers called Minefield. And we would sit on the ground these little poly spots, which are these little rubber, rubber circular mats about this big. Um, and we'd just throw them randomly on this floor, and we'd have the rest of the youth group standing around this rectangular minefield of poly spots. And then we would have <clears throat> the person having to walk through the minefield. Mm-hmm. We'd blindfold them. Okay. So then we would have one person on the far end of the minefield representing the voice of wisdom and guidance. And then we'd have one person walking with that youth through the minefield, representing the voice of Satan. Oh, boy. And um, the goal was for them to tune out every single voice, because everyone else is talking or shouting, standing around, and Satan's trying to misguide them the whole way. The goal is, can they make it to the minefield only hearing this one voice at the other end of this loud, noisy trap? And it was a challenge because sometimes those youth would get so loud that they couldn't even hear Satan (laughs) talking in their ear because all the distractions, they represent the distractions in the world. Um, So, you know. Always with games like that, you bring it back in. Like, how does this represent life in the real world when all these distractions are telling you to do one thing, when Satan's telling you to do one thing, and God's voice seems like this little faint voice? You know, you think of Elijah in the wilderness when he went up um, running away from Jezebel, um, and uh, he's looking for God in the whirlwind and the earthquake and and uh, the fire, but God was in that still voice that you can Mm -hmm. barely hear Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's it's important I think the most important part about um, renewing our mind on God is learning to recognize his voice Mm -hmm. that's good that's good so guys you have uh, any closing thoughts I think the only thing is maybe we should just recap you know, I don't know. I mean, so we talked about we talked about the criteria surrounding ourselves around people who have godly wisdom. Um, hopefully, people who have a fo- maybe focused expertise in certain areas. What else did we talk about? 
talked about the chastening of God not being easy, but good for us. Mm -hmm. uh, and Two we points. talked about our ignorance versus, um, stupidity. versus stupidity and how neither are good, but ignorance, God will <laughs> gently correct for <laughs> stupidity. He kind of comes down like a hammer. Which still we need. Yeah, we do. Yes. We do. Um, and of course, learning to hear God's voice in the midst of all our craziness yeah. in this world. Yeah. I like Cole's thought too earlier was about the um, what is our reasonings for seeking help? So, yeah, question mm. those. Yeah, so it was a good podcast. I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, guys, be sure to go to othersideofgrace.com and check out Dark End Council Meditation on Job. Uh, I have to get the 38 reference. Yeah, yes, 38, 38. Uh, verse 2. Um, and uh, be sure to read that. And thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you, sponsors.